Welcome to the Truth of the Matter Is podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside Jonathan, and we are back for episode 126. On that note, we would like to give a round of applause to all of our new and, of course, our consistent listeners. We thank you all in advance for continuing to press play at your own convenience. Well, welcome back, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing well. My Giants won today. I'm in a good mood. A lot better mood than I was uh, the last podcast that we recorded together. And just, and just overall, I'm, uh, I'm excited for some stuff in the future, so I'm in a good mood. What about you? I'm doing well. Bye week this week. So, looking forward to playing y'all next week. So, we will see how much of a good of mood you'll be in then. But, as normal, something we've done is we've included a new segment into the podcast and we hope that others are practicing this as well what are one or two ways you feel that the lord has blessed you last week the one way the the lord blessed me is that i got all my equipment running up again so i'm really happy about that that was definitely one way and something i'm extremely thankful for and Something else is just, um, I love when the Lord review, uh, reveals things to you, like gives you new understanding. So I had a situation last week where I kind of need to recognize that I, that I was the problem in the situation. And I think being able to get clarity or understand or see something is probably the biggest biggest thing like getting perspective is is huge so i'm thankful i'm extremely thankful for that yeah self-reflection is a very powerful and important thing because through it you realize that you catch things that you normally wouldn't catch if you didn't take the time to reconsider what someone had said or how you handled a particular situation that you don't get the chance to have back which is interesting because for me, two ways the Lord has blessed me was just the thoughts of second chances and reminders. So I'm a true proponent and the believer of second chances because second chances opens the door for the possibility of correction, admission of guilt in the particular situation. And then if you're dealing with someone who believes in the concept of grace, then you have another opportunity to make amends right and then reminders right we're human beings we forget we don't always fulfill the things that we know that we should do and the importance of reminders is that you get the opportunity to make adjustments and change the way that you saw something and I'm learning and appreciating the fact that reminders are necessary. They aren't just located in scripture, but it also has to deal with dealing with people on a regular basis. Being reminded of something is key so that you get that consistency. So those are two ways I feel that I was blessed last week. Second chances, employing second chances, understanding second chances. And the need for reminders because I won't remember every single thing. But yeah, that's where my mindset is. 
You know, the funny thing about uh, second chances mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. find interesting is that sometimes um, I view it as when a different opportunity that has a similar situation that popped up, that's usually the best time. Oh, I view that as a second chance. But situations where, um, and to be a little bit more specific for our listeners, um, let's say when it comes to either giving people second chances or dealing with any type of business and receiving a second chance, I always feel like it's always better just to have a fresh start. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's the conclusion I came to a long time. I think the second chance is that you got off on the wrong foot. Something was said either out of ego or there were a couple of punches drawn, not physical punches, but verbally. There were certain things said that you obviously can't take back. And realizing the talent or the skill set that someone possesses and the benefits that come from it, you sort of come to the conclusion that this dispute that we may have if we allow it to destroy our ego and our confidence and what we think can get accomplished will miss out on the potential of how others can be blessed through the relationship that you have with someone else or if you're thinking about business or you're you're thinking about you and another person per se you don't know what that other person is going through and therefore you might be missing something Right. Or you may be hoping that someone acts in a certain level of professionalism. But then again, each and every one of us go through different things each and every day. And therefore, some of those things can prohibit us. And that's why we get this whole concept of compartmentalizing things so that you can separate things, still be able to do your job and to handle things correctly and not allow other things to get in the way. And not everyone is really good at that. So that takes practice, right? And if you're trying to employ it sooner, you need more opportunities for people to provide for you so that you can get it right. And then you sort of adopt it into how you move and how you operate. So I completely agree with you. Just want to add that onto it as well. All, All right. right. Shall we move forward? So again, myself and Dave encourage you to reflect over the week. And by doing that, we believe you will be surprised to notice how the presence of the Lord will be with you, whether it's minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. So please reflect and pay close attention to the details of our lives. Thanks, gents, for that. You always would say that in prayer, the details of our lives, because God's presence is there for sure. Okay, now let's dive into the word today. But before we do that, let's pray. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we believe here on the Truth of the Matters podcast that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That we are leaders and not followers. That you placed us above and not beneath. That you did not create us to experience wrath, but to experience and receive salvation. That we are children of the light, and not the night that as members of the body of Jesus Christ we are reminded how beautifully and wonderfully we are made 
that we were created to do good works for the kingdom as ambassadors and representatives of God. Lord, give us the confidence to stand on your truth while appreciating the grace and mercy that you afforded to us all the days of our lives. Lord, remind us to meditate on you and your word daily. I pray that as believers, we are thankful for many chances by you to be better. That we ought to hold one another accountable by reminding one another to practice these good habits and take nothing for granted. And on that note, everyone that is in agreement, please say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, it's good to be back with Daniel, to be honest. And adding these different segments to the podcast has increased our flexibility to discuss other topics, issues, and situations happening in the world. And also getting different voices that can add to the experience on the truth of the matter as a podcast. So I appreciate the patience of those that are continuing to press away and find value in the podcast. Being that we are at 126 episodes, as Daniel stated, that's a good feat. And we're just glad to make an impact in the podcast experience and also in the believers experience as well so back to the original segment on the podcast is me and daniel today we are continuing with the gospel of matthew series so let's go to matthew chapter 7 and today we're only going to look at two verses but those two verses will be in-depth discussion so we're looking at matthew chapter 7 verse 21 through 23 in the english standard version Today won't be what you hear long because there's a lot to consider. And sometimes the greatest messages are those that are compact in just two verses. And then just really internalizing and understanding the significance of those two verses and how you can see it in a much more in-depth way. So I'm going to give it to Daniel. Take it away and let's get started. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will I enter the kingdom of heaven? But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, your workers of lawlessness. Okay, very good. So let's look at verse 21 and I'll reread it. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, would enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. So to understand this a little bit more. We should revisit the Lord's Prayer, which is something me and Daniel discussed a few episodes back. Let's go to specifically Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 9 through 10, and this is what it says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So one of the many things that Jesus taught the disciples to do was pray. One of the models we have in scripture is what Daniel just read, the Lord's Prayer. If you remember in it, he wanted them to pray for God's will to be done. This is where we see the saying, as in heaven, so shall it be on earth. Again, as in heaven, 
so shall it be on earth. When we think about the will of God, we need to understand that his will is going to be accomplished through divine planning or divine purpose or purposes for our benefit and for his glory. Let me repeat that. His will is going to be accomplished through divine planning for divine purpose or purposes for our benefit and for his glory and his honor and his praise. Another way to put it is the things that God wants to do. He will be sure to communicate it to us as a requirement. This is how we come to understand why the Bible provides precepts and how it becomes beneficial for us as his children that if we read these things and we apply them to our everyday life, it will bring about fruit and productivity and success. Okay, now let's look at this at some examples here. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, English Standard Version. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Now, what we are analyzing and understanding is the importance of the will of God, right? And as followers of Jesus, it is important that we want to do the will of God. Then we need to evaluate ourselves. If we plan to do the will of God, one of the ways is evaluating ourselves. We need to ask ourselves, are we doing things in faith? Are we believing in faith? We need to ask ourselves, was that choice that I just made, was it in faith? Am I keeping the faith in all that I do daily? We need to determine, are we truthfully living our lives as committed believers in this world that needs us. We are examples in this world and therefore they need us. We have to evaluate, does our lives reflect that? Now that's one way of asking ourselves, right? Are we doing the will of God to the best of our ability as individuals? So let's build upon the idea a little bit more, shall we? Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 10 to 11, English Standard Version. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an interest into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as followers of Christ, we need to be sure that our behavior reflects and confirms the relationship with God and the calling that we have on our lives. Let me repeat that. As followers of Christ, we need to be sure that our behavior reflects and confirms our relationship with God along with our calling and what God has called us to do. When we have decided to commit to God's ways, we will stumble less. When we decide to commit to God's ways, we will stumble less in what enslaves us to sin. Now, I'm not here to declare that you won't ever stumble, right? You're humans, right? We make mistakes. But you will see improvement when we change some of the things that ail us and 
some of the things that we need discipline and a change of scenery and also a change of mindset. I take it a step further. If people are observing you and following your lead, you won't be an example if you're not living God's way. But you will live a life that leads others away from sin if you employ some of the things that we all should be employing as believers. Now, that is God's will for the believer to be the eyes and feet of Jesus as his ambassador and representative. So understand. When you're living in sin, you're an example for those who want to live in sin and therefore envy your desire to live in sin and then they mimic you, right? And if you're walking in truth, then you have those that follow you and those that recognize your walk in truth will envy you, ask you questions, and then you'll use that as an opportunity not only to be a blessing, but to be an enlightenment to them so that they can see that you're pointing them in the direction of Christ, right? We are lights in this dark world. And as lights, we have to illuminate truth. His message, right, throughout the world depends on the way we act and the way we portray ourselves to be if we are telling those that ask us that we are followers and Christians and have relationships with Christ. What else is God's will for us? Well, let's start here. To abstain from sexual immorality, we find that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. To give thanks in everything that we do, we find that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. To do good even when you might suffer for it, we find that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. To forgive someone not seven times, but 77 times over. Right, we find that in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22. To love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. We find that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45. Just to name a few things, right? The truth of the matter is, all those things I just mentioned, right? Not easy decisions to make, but it's God's will for us to strive and to live in accordance to what he says benefits us so that we can have the best overall outcome on how we live. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27 in the Amplified Version. I'm sure, Daniel, you would appreciate the example Paul is using here. But, like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified as unfit for service. So very important verse here for those who proclaim the truth and have a platform and an audience like this one is important that we are living right. Right. We need to live in lockstep with the truth so that we don't come off or become hypocrites. There was a movie that I watched a few months back called The Pope's Exorcism and you know, after observing it, I noticed in the movie, the Pope, along with a priest, were not living right. In fact, one was cheating on his wife and the other one was living in guilt and remorse for some of the actions that he had taken and left other people with. Right. 
The issue is neither of them repented. And then they called themselves trying to cast out this demon that they were dealing with. Now, the demon was very powerful. And in the movie, the demon knew of their shortcomings and said it to them. And it actually spooked them out completely. Right now, I share this with you because the enemy knows your weak spots. Right. So I say, do yourself a favor. Repent of your sins. War against them, please, and do the best of your ability to snap out of some of those practices. Again, Rome wasn't built in a day, so it's not your habits when it comes to trying to do and live out truth. Well, we have to understand that these spiritual beings that we are dealing with are well aware of your shortcoming. And if you're trying to do work for the kingdom, you don't get those things situated and corrected. Your attempt to try to do what is good will be called out with hypocrisy based upon your inability to live out the way you're supposed to. And that will fracture your ability to share truth because how can you expect one to embrace what you're saying if you yourself are not striving to do that? And we see that quite often in the Bible when the Jews were trying to force some of the gentiles to practice jewish traditions meanwhile we know in scripture the jews inability to fulfill the law was obvious and the fact that you were trying to force them to obey and be in locks with lockstep with some of the law shows their incapacity to read the room and this is important now daniel can you reread matthew chapter 7 verse 22 through 23 again on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesize in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So remember this, right? Entrance into the kingdom of heaven is not based upon what you do. It's based upon who you know. Right. Got to have a relationship with Jesus. Right. Also, faith is the only thing that pleases him. We see that in Hebrew. Right. Not works. Now, we do works as a result of our faith and to give a much more solid response other than me elaborating. Let's just go to the book of James, chapter two, and we're going to read. Verses 16 through 24 in the Amplified Version. Listen carefully to what Daniel says here. What is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence? Can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine faith produces good works. If a brother or sister is without adequate, clothing and lacks enough food for each day and one of you says to them go in peace with my blessing keep warm and feed yourselves but he does not give them the necessities for the body what good does that do go to faith if it does not have works to back it up is by itself dead inoperative and ineffective 
But someone may say, you claim to have faith and I have good works. Show me your alleged faith without the works if you can. And I will show you my faith by my works. That is why what I do. You believe that God is one. You do well to believe that. The demons also believe that and shudder and bristle in awe, filled terror. They have seen his wrath. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritually shallow person, that faith without good works is useless? Was our father Abraham not shown to be justified by works of obedience with express, which expressed his faith? When he offered Isaac his son on the altar as a sacrifice to God? You see that his faith was working together with his works, and as a result of the works, his faith was completed, reaching it maturely when he expresses faith through obedience. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and this faith was credited to him by God as righteousness and as conformity to his will. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man, believer, is justified by works and not by faith alone. That is, by acts of obedience, a born-again believer reveals his faith. In the same way was Rabbi, the prostitute, not justified by works too. When she received the Hebrew spies as guests and protected them, and sent them away to escape by a different route? For just as the human body without the spirit is dead, so, faithful without works of obedience is also dead. Alright, very nice job Daniel reading that. That's a lot mouthful, but read it very eloquently. So last thing I want to mention is relationship with Jesus Christ is very important. It's important because when you pray or when you do anything, it's through that relationship you are able to speak with authority and power to someone's situation in the context that you step in. You need to be fearless in those moments. When you don't have relationship with Jesus and he doesn't know your name, then there is no connection and agreement and there is no power and authority that follows you. When James says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, he meant because you have Jesus Christ's righteousness on you as a result of declaring him Lord over your life, when you pray, you have relationship and power that follows you. So. What you tell those who ask you to pray in the first place? Well, God hears his children. And when he hears his children, us as children are able to express how we feel about the world, about our family, about our friends, about our enemies, about our situations effectively. And therefore, when we pray, we pray with much more intent, confidence in ourselves as we communicate to God the things that are going on because we know that God is limitless and has the ability to address and correct and give us comfort in those moments. Last passage for today comes out of the book of Acts chapter 19 verse 13 through 16 and we'll just look at this in the NIV basic standard. Daniel. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sakiva and, and Jewish chief priests were doing this. 
One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all, and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. So why did I share this passage with you? Well, no faith, no relationship in Jesus Christ led to individuals trying what they saw. Again, we need to build a relationship with Jesus Christ instead of searching for power from other sources or to make us look good. If you remember, there's a story from the book of Acts where you have Simon the sorcerer who watches Peter and John perform a miracle and instantly desires the gift. Right? Never mind the relationship that they have with Jesus Christ and never mind if Simon is known by Jesus, right? The truth of the matter is we cannot expect anything thinking with that mentality. And on that note, let's finish with devotional time. While today's passage was very powerful indeed, I want to solidify it by going to the book of Acts first. And then we're going to start with chapter 8. And this is verses 17 through 21. The key is verse 21, but for the context, we will begin at verse 17. So let's think about it like this. Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on the apostles hands, he offered the money and said, give me also disability so that everyone whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. And of course, Peter answered him by saying, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. And if you listen carefully to verse 21, you have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. How does one have a correct heart for God? Well, it starts with the establishment of relationship. Does Jesus know my name? That's the title of this podcast, and that's the question you must ask yourself. Because one of the things we also shared on this podcast is that everything regarding the Bible and your spiritual relationship with God all starts through relationship. So I want you guys to think about this. And here's a prayer to close out today. Father God, in Jesus name, I pray that you continue to knock at my heart. And I pray that when you knock, I will answer. And I pray for everyone to be humble because it is through that humbleness we can be saved by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all in agreement, please say, Amen. Amen.